Whether packing for a destination vacation or planning a staycation, Macy's has everything you need. Summer's almost here, and I'm so excited to take a trip with Bryn. We are planning it right now. We are heading to Macy's before we pack to grab new shoes we can wear all day with anything. I'm excited to lay in the sun with key pieces from Macy's, like my new Dolce Vita sandals and Levi's skirt. I am ready to relax and look and feel amazing. Oh, how good that sounds. Of course, I can't forget a new beach bag. I have been eyeing the collection of beach bags from Macy's, and I can't wait for you to see what I choose. Shop at Macy's.com slash own your style. Imagine the feeling of pulsing electric shocks. Sounds like a nightmare, right? While individual experiences may vary, it's how some people describe shingles. This painful blistering rash could interrupt your life for weeks. It could even force you to cancel social events or weekend plans. Over 99% of adults 50 years or older already carry the virus that causes shingles. One in three people will get it in their lifetime. Why wait? Ask your doctor or pharmacist about shingles today. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far and you don't need a passport, which honestly I do really enjoy. It's a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. The water, the beaches, the vibe. It's a great place. It really is. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The world is crazy right now. And I wrote some sort of innocuous thing about like that I would like to just give a beauty pageant answer that like I just want world peace because I just feel like so much back and forth, so much divisiveness, so much arguing. Aren't we getting deal fatigue? I have gotten deal fatigue. I just, I, I know we have to be passionate about something. I know we have to have a voice. I'm just full from conflict. I don't know who else feels this way. And it's really weird because I looked the other day at how much I use social media on the average a day. And at that point, it was like 20 minutes. Now I think it's down to like 10 minutes. I just, I'm nauseated. I just, I'm nauseated on every level that everything is breaking news. Everything's at a 10. Everything is the world's coming to an end. And, and maybe it actually is. I have no idea. It's like the boy who cried, cried wolf and the world's coming to an end. But, um, also just then the juxtaposition of so much superficiality where at the beginning of the pandemic, I really thought people would calm the fuck down and like, not everybody cares about your, everything, your child eats, does your dogs, your life, you know, and, and 
I know that TikTok's becoming more and more popular. And like, I, I don't know. It's sort of like if I go into a restaurant, it's packed after a long time. I'm like, wait, people are actually going out if I've been home for a while. I'm sort of like that with social media. I just can't believe that it lives on in the way that it does. For information and sort of communication, I've loved it. I've loved it for relief work. It's been such a great switchboard. Um, I've said this before many times. It's just not my generation and the way that I grew up to, and I was raised by wolves, to post like, look how good I look. Look how rich I am. Look at everything I'm doing. Like, And I just feel that it's got to tap out at some point. I mean, I, people that I used to follow that I can tolerate, I just look at them like, who gives a fuck? And I, I don't know, except for business and because I have to for certain partners, I have to post or sometimes I'll do deals and then um, I have to shoot like a video of some sort. And I do like doing that. I actually do. And once in a while, something will be really important to me and I do feel the need to say something. But I feel that that's what it should be. Do we need to feel the need to say everything? Often in my relationships and in my life, I say not everything needs to be said. But that's literally the opposite of social media. Everything needs to be said and everything needs to be done and everything needs to be communicated and argued and deliberated and trolled. And I don't consider myself that active on social media. I really was thinking during the holidays, can I just not be on it? Can I just shut this shit down? Um, and then something funny will happen and then you'll want to take you know, a picture or something. I just, I wonder if people wonder why I'm not really posting that much because I don't really have that much to say. I also want to focus on my own life and my kid and my relationship, but I feel that we're not that present. I find that when I'm doing something I really am enjoying and I'm present, I would never be stuffed in my phone to document it. So it's like we're producing our own lives. And so I feel like people have wanted me to be more vocal about what's been going on in the world. It's just that I may not be being that publicly vocal because and then I'm supposed to use my voice and, you know, because I'm a public person. And then if I do use my voice, then it's, we don't give a shit about what celebrities think about politics or I've been not too crazy. I haven't been like very political because I'm not very political, but I've gotten trolled for posting a picture of myself with Hillary Clinton. I was on Ellen. I got killed. Like, you really can't do that much. And I'm not afraid. So I'm not not doing something because I'm afraid. I'm just chock full of motherfucking nuts. It's too much. I wouldn't mind if the world just took a social media cleanse. And that's our news now. And the whole world has changed because media has changed. And elections have changed because media has changed. And anger and incitement has changed because media has changed. So social media is the biggest culprit. So I don't know what I'm actually saying, except that at the beginning of the pandemic, I thought it would all calm down in many ways. And it, I don't know that it has. I, I've calmed down. I don't know. I even watch people that I know thinking everything they're saying is so important, waxing poetic, you know, especially the, the more well-known people are, they just think that what they have to say is so fucking important and holier than thou. And I don't know. I'm just one person with one vote, so my voice is needs to be heard, but it's not like louder than anyone else's. So I don't know. I think I'm just really full, and I would almost like to just use social media for business because I listen. I've been, you know, I look good in a bathing suit. I look good in workout clothes. I just don't need to post every goddamn moment of like, look at me and look at this great bag I have and look at my watches and my jewelry and my vacation and my lifestyle. Some things need to be private.
some things need to be sacred. And yes, I know uh, my social media, I have myself in hot outfits and whatever. Cause like, I feel like my team will say like, you never post and you haven't posted anything about yourself. You got to post skinny girl photos. You got to post this and this rates and family rates like this. And you in a bathing suit is like this and you in a hot outfit is this. And I don't know, maybe I'll change my mind at, at this time. I am a little bit full. Is this just me though? Am I in some sort of a mood? Like, do you feel this way? Do you look at things that are on your own feed and just say like, who gives a shit? But you just don't sort of like unfollow the person or make the stance because it's almost like eating junk food. You don't really feel satisfied. You keep eating. You, you finish the bag of chips and you don't feel like you sort of are satisfied. I envy people that I know that just are not on social media. I promise you from the bottom of my heart, I would not be on social media if it weren't for business. And maybe everyone's going to unfollow me as a result of that. I don't know. It's just... I'd like it to be where if I have something that's important to me to say or something that I think is really funny. So I'd like it if I would have the sort of tits to just post when I thought something was really funny or when I was being paid to do it or when it was good for business, but that's really it. Well, my guest today is Tamron Hall, who is a journalist, television host, and executive producer. She's also an Emmy Award winner. She is the executive producer and host of her self-titled talk show, Tamron Hall, which was just renewed for its third season. She is intelligent, driven, and has so many great insights. I know you're going to love this conversation because you really, we sort of don't hold back, you know, and you could tell that talking to her is like playing tennis with a better tennis player. And honestly, I always have known who she is, but I didn't know that much about her, which is really a big part of this podcast. I hear so much people saying, I didn't know this was a cool conversation and she is a strong person. Hi. I don't know how much you know about the podcast, but this is about moguls and successful business people. And I am so grateful to have you on. And I wanted to start by sharing something that I've heard about you that you are incredibly punctual and organized. Is that true? And where did that come from? You know, my dad was the type of person, make your bed as soon as you wake up. In fact, it's something my husband laughs at me now about. If there's a pillow out of place, I will subconsciously put the pillow back where it belongs. Or, you know, if they're, when we, you know, get home and something has been moved. He says, I notice it like, oh, that lemon wasn't there. The lemon goes here. I just, I'm very orderly. Plus I'm a Virgo. And I think that that plays into it. If, if I fall into a stereotype of, uh, of astrology, Virgos are apparently very orderly and analytical. So no, I, I in my home growing up, I, was, I am a free spirit and I was definitely raised to be a, a free spirit. Same. But when it came to you know, home life and organization and order. Definitely my dad leaned in on that. I am ex- I am painfully punctual. I am very structured and I'm beyond organized. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I didn't realize we had so much in common, but I noticed anything out of place. I think people crave order, yeah. maybe because of other things in their life that might not be orderly, either emotionally or it's just something that we can control and have a handle on. We, we both are balancing a lot, but I think for me, you know, even prior um, to becoming a mom, you know, when you have a lot of things going on and you have a lot of irons on the fire, for me, I think more clearly with order. If I walk into a room 
and everything is, I can sit down and I can focus. I know. And it will be, even when you know that it's about to get handled, like we've been doing, I've been doing Christmas gifts for over a hundred people and it looks like Santa's workshop, but it's like messy and the <laughs> tissue and then the plastic that was around the tissue. And I know intellectually and emotionally it's going to be okay. And it's going out of the house and it's good. But in that moment, it's hard because you're just focused on it because you want yeah. order back to your space so you can do your work and do everything that you're doing. And I do think, I do think that People do ask me about time management and about balancing, and I always bring up being organized, but I mean down to your condiments in your refrigerator and underneath your bathroom sink. Are you like that too? No, I I am like that. I'm not as orderly in that arena as I probably should be. I I can't lie in that that respect, but all of my spices are in alphabetical order. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. All of my spices are in alphabetical order and I have them in like little containers. So there are the spices that begin with A and because I don't do that. That's a new one for me. That's a good one. Wow. Okay. I do that. that. I'm very organized with my son um, and his snacks and his food are all kind of organized in that way. I think my weak spot uh, would be my closet. I have yet to figure out how um, to make that order translate to my closet. That's I my, can help you with I that. I read an article once and it said Virgos, um, they always have a secret spot where they stash all of their mess. And I think for me, it's the closet. Oh my goodness. I can help you. I can help you with that. I'll, t- I'll do, a, do a separate separate conversation on that. But I read that you you don't want to sort of be that mom that like that looks sloppy. And even when you're not doing your talk show or working, that you always look cute and have it together. Is that true too? That is true. I mean, I don't know how we define cute. Everybody has their own version of it. I mean, mine currently, I have on a little matching, uh, I guess it's a tie-dye jogging suit thing. At oh, home. Yeah, it's at home. It doesn't have to be you know, this fancy outfit or it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. But for me... A big part of my journey is my own identity. I've only been a mom 18 months, but I was a non-mom for 48 years. And I didn't want to lose a part of just, you know, something that I identify with. I love clothes. I love dressing up. I love the idea of feeling good about what I'm wearing. And I I can tell you, like, I I love leggings. I am a fan of leggings. But if I ever write a book, I said one of the chapters would be leggings don't love us. Because after I had (sighs) my baby... I was completely unaware of my size because the leggings kept, you know, diluting my view of whether or not I'd lost the baby weight that I wanted to lose it. And I was like, we love them, but they don't love us because the, you know, the stretch fabric doesn't always reveal exactly what's happening. At least that's what happened to me. Yes, that's true. And I often say that you people, even if they're wearing sweats or something that's comfortable, it should have some sort of a structure because then you're not eating as much and you feel sort of together where if it feels really loose and sloppy, it's just easy to keep, you know, to keep eating. And especially now with everyone being at home, we're not really monitoring. Yeah. And I'm Southern. I grew up in a, you know, my grandfather um, had a second grade education. He was what's known as a sharecropper. He was a very um, proud man. He didn't have, you know, wealth, but he had the wealth of heart and life. And every Sunday, He would put on his one suit and polish his shoes and go in to church, which is where culturally, you know, people like him and and the people who raised me, that was their one opportunity to dress up. 
And so I grew up seeing that. And I grew up with my grandfather always wearing a beautiful hat. My mother was a single mom at the age of 19, but always, you know, I would see her when she picked me up from school, you know, or when she'd attend a PTA meeting at the time, that's what they were called. You know, she would come put together. And so I don't associate it with an economic status. I don't associate it with, I miss it. I just miss I mean, listen, I don't agree with the airlines that kick people off for having their shorts on. I'm like, look, you bought your ticket, you wear what you want. I don't agree with the extremes of that. But I do miss the idea of seeing, you know, people put themselves together. Maybe that's the nostalgia in me. I I think it's pride. It sounds a little bit like pride. And I like that you brought up church because that makes a lot of sense. It's the day and it's respect. It's pride. It's taking it seriously. And, you know, I was reading a lot about you. Unless I read incorrectly, you're a little bit of a late bloomer for obviously motherhood and success. Is that true? Well, definitely with motherhood, um, clearly being 48 years old and a first time mom, I would say, I mean, it depends on how you define success. Um, it depends on how you define it. I was um, the youngest reporter hired at the CBS affiliate in Dallas, Texas, which is a top, I guess, 14 market. By the time I was 27, I was an anchor in Chicago of a four-hour morning show that was number one. And then I guess by the time I was 37, 36, I don't know how, 37, I became the first black woman to anchor the Today Show. And and so for me, I, those are milestones, but I, I feel that I was successful the minute I graduated from college and defied a lot of odds being- You really one, felt that? You, you act, you, yeah, 100%. But my grandfather amazing. couldn't write his name. He, he, you know, he signed his name with an X wow. because he was not able to read and not because he could not achieve that. It wasn't an opportunity afforded to someone born in 1901 in Southern Texas who had to- leave school to raise his family. He didn't drop out of school to hang out. He dropped out because he had to help his family on the farm. And so for his granddaughter, um, fast forward to 1992, to be able to graduate from Temple University, wow. I felt that I was successful then. So And it, that's it not so long ago. I mean, that's what's crazy. It's not that many generations away that you can say that he couldn't write his name. That's- uh, yeah. You know, it, it's, it is reality. I mean, and that's why I do work with um, literacy because even today we both live in New York City. Um, there are many, many kids who get just sent to the next grade, to the next grade, and they're not able to read. And, and it's heartbreaking. So now we're talking about 1901 and um, this was his story. So when I graduated from Temple University, I certainly felt successful. I mean, was I making millions of dollars? No. What did people know my name? No. Was I able to be a guest on the Bethany Frankel show? No. But <laughs> was that an accomplishment um, of great proportions for my background and for my family? Absolutely. So the whole way you took note of these milestones, because you, I read that you said you just sort of are keep your head down and keep going type of person. So I was wondering if throughout your whole journey you were able to be in the moment, be present and say, wow. And it sounds like you definitely were when you graduated college, but you have so many things going on and you've always been multitasking and going from one thing to the next. And it sounds like a lot of being a black woman comes through in the way that you feel about each of these milestones. Like you're thinking about being a woman and you're thinking about being a black woman in particular versus just. Well, I, think, I think they go hand in hand. I mean, listen, we just celebrated the 100th year of women's suffrage. Yeah. It's not like, right. you know, it, we're all that far away from 
the fact that we couldn't vote in a country that needs us now in so many ways. And then um, right. keep the things on the rails. So keep the train on the, on the track. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm like anybody else. I don't take myself too seriously. I recognize the milestones that I face. I recognize the journey that um, is before me and the challenges that exist. But of course, my perspective and view through life is being a woman, being a black woman, being a Southern black woman. Right. I mean, I remember when I first joined the news here in New York and being in the newsroom, and I, I, I jokingly said to a friend in Texas, they're all from the same Upper West Side neighborhood of New York. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mean it from in a disparaging way, but I was stunned how few people were from outside of this area. Many of them had gone to Harvard, which is phenomenal, and Yale, and the same kind of pedigree that existed in the newsroom on a national level that I was quite surprised to see. Mother's Day is May 12th, and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Macy's makes it easy for your little ones to buy a present for you for Mother's Day. Bryn loves to shop but sometimes has a hard time figuring out what to get me. I have confidence that Macy's Gift Finder will be a great guide for her. Something for everyone at every price point. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, it's so easy to shop. You can shop by price, category, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted, and gifts for grandma. Plus, Macy's has top gifts like Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid camera, and Samsung Smart TV, the frame. Head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. 
Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Well, you are obviously a tough woman. What kind of man, even before you were married, just throughout your process and having a good relationship, I read that your husband checks in on you and calls, and it sounds like you're having a beautiful, beautiful love affair every day, which is, is, is goals and inspirational. But what kind of man can handle a tough, strong woman like you who has so much going on? It could be intimidating. It could be emasculating. What kind of man can handle that? I think a man who doesn't see it that way. I, I don't think I'm tough, actually. I think I've I've fall in line, um, I, you know, with most women. I mean, I, I think I'm resilient when I need to be. I think that I'm direct when I have to be. But I don't. I don't particularly. I, I remember um, years ago I interviewed Patty Labelle when I was, and she's now a great friend and a great supporter. But years ago I interviewed her um, for my local news show in Chicago. And I remember she happened to see the teleprompter and it said, um, um, sassy, it described her as sassy or someone had written that. And she said, don't say that. Don't read that. It was a commercial break. And she said, don't call me sassy. And I like, oh my gosh. What? And she goes, I'm not sassy. I'm a grown woman. And I am, and, you know, she goes on to say, you know, what it was. And I was like, oh, and it just was a reality check for me in that when, you know, we speak up for ourselves, we're tough. And, and not that that's a negative thing. It's just, I'm going through life day to day, um, speaking up for myself appropriately and, you know, trying to um, find the best way forward with kindness, but also being fair to myself. Because I, you think tough and strong are very different words. I think tough and strong are used against us. And it, it you enables- do? I don't. That's so funny. I see the opposite side well, of that coin. You know what? Here's the deal. You're not a black woman. Let me tell you. Oh, that, <laughs> so, that is correct. You know, the that angry that Michelle Obama famously talked about, you know, being seen as the angry black woman. Oh, interesting. Me oh, so tough and strong is different for a black woman. That's interesting. That's, think, a, that's an I interesting perspective. Different. No, no, no. I don't think it's different. I think it can be weaponized. I think just Mm -hmm. as you just talked about what kind of man can handle a tough woman, the implication is there needs to be someone to handle that. I need someone to handle me. So I, I I believe that. (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't need anyone to handle me. I need someone to be on the journey because I'm not, I'm not to be handled. I don't think that every man can be in a relationship with a woman who is so successful and what I believe to be strong and smart. I think, I don't, I think that there is a certain type of a man or woman, if you're in a, you know, same sex relationship, there's a certain type of partner that is required for that type of partnership, just like in a, being in a business relationship. Okay. Well, is there a certain kind of partner that, you know, that can handle a woman who is not successful? I mean, or how do we, how do we define yes, that? Probably. But yes, there is. I think I think you have to be more secure to handle a very successful woman. I think not all people are secure, and I think a person has to be very secure to be in a relationship with a successful, busy, you know, uh, thriving, 
accomplished person. I think it does take a certain type. Does that mean he, well, yeah, I, and, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I love this conversation because I, I understand how, you know, one comes to that conclusion, but I, I don't. Do you feel at this you talked about sort of providing for your family. I've, I've read a bunch of articles that you've been uh, featured in. And do you feel that you work for the passion, the idea? Do you still, do you have a good relationship with money? Because I know that you've explained your history. And so even having an education and being successful is, is a major accomplishment. So how do you feel about your motivation for doing the things that you're doing? Still to provide for still to, to create a great life for your child or solely driven on just the passion and the idea and how far can you take this, this journey? Well, it's, it's changed over time. I think, you know, when I was single without a child, it was, listen, if, as long as I can have the things that I need, I'm okay. And not that those things were small that I needed, you know, I travel mm-hmm. as much as anybody else and, and like the things that I like, the creature comforts of life. Um, but I always felt early on in my career listen, you know, if I do it right, if I keep my head down, if I work hard, then, you know, the money will come. You and I both know pay equity is an issue, not just, you know, for women who work gig work jobs, it's across the board and including in news, which is not talked about very much. So you have this huge pay disparity and then it still also falls largely along many other lines as well. And so throughout my career, I did well. And I would always say, you know, you get the first contract, I'm going to get you on the second and the third because I was going to work very hard that first contract to be. Yeah, I, I've done that a lot too. Yeah, it's funny yeah, you say that. Exactly. Just show them what, take it on the back end, show yeah, what you exactly. got. Exactly. I'm like, I used to tell people, I'm going to, I go in with a number that I know I'm willing to take for that first deal. And yep. after that, I'm going to go in and, and negotiate or leave. Um, yes. And so that was early on. And then once um, I had my son, it, things change, you know, you start to work to make sure, especially if I can be quite honest, and I'm going to always be that with you. Um, you know, I'm an older mom and, and, you know, I, it doesn't keep me up at night, but there are nights where I have that flash of, oh my God, you know, how long will I have him? How long I know. will I be there for him? I know. And, you know, I want to make sure he's okay. Now money doesn't make it all okay. I mean, I just, I read no. this whole story about the so-called Getty curse you know, this wealthy family and they've been, you know, you know, allegedly cursed while well, they have one kid died of a drug overdose. Another kid had this issue and it's just, they've had all the money in the world, but all of the tragedy that you could imagine that came along with it. So I know that, you know, leaving my kid with this huge amount of money is not going to sustain the quality of his life. It's so much no. more than that. But Obviously, on on the on the base level, you want him to be able to go to the college that he wants to go to and set him up if you're not there. And so I, I view it in a different way now um, than I did, of course, before I had him. Yeah, well, I think I do that too. I turned 50. You just turned 50 also, I think? Yeah, in September. Oh, so I turned in November and I was in the bathtub with my daughter and she said, I make a cry. She said, you know, mama, what, what about at my 50th birthday? And I thought to myself, God, who knows if they're making your 50th birthday, you know, and she cried and I cried and, yeah. you know, so, but, you know, you have to be in the moment and yeah. try to just make it meaningful and be healthy. But we have those, when you're, when you have children later in life, you have these sort of 
irrational yet somewhat rational fears, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's called future tripping. And we do it at different points for different reasons. You know, in your 20s, you future trip about, am I going to get that big job that I want? And you, you go down a rabbit hole in the middle of the night. My minister um, has a saying where she says, don't believe what you tell yourself about yourself at night. That's amazing. Isn't that something? And so because you're lying in bed and all these creepy things come into your mind. And so that happens with me, with my son. But, you know, going back to how I was raised, my mother and I are very, very close. Her mother passed away when when she was only 10 years old. And so we want us to know how long we're here. Um, But, you know, we also know science and rationalize that we won't be here forever. And so those are the things that impact the way I view money today and how I view um, even how I negotiate, you know, when I go in to negotiate a deal right now, I just I have a book deal and I'm working on a book, you know, I go in thinking I'm not negotiating for me. I'm negotiating for my son. And that does allow me to go in in a different, with a different level of directness and aggression that I might not have gone in with 10 years ago. Mother's Day is May 12th, and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Macy's makes it easy for your little ones to buy a present for you for Mother's Day. Bryn loves to shop but sometimes has a hard time figuring out what to get me. I have confidence that Macy's Gift Finder will be a great guide for her. Something for everyone at every price point. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, it's so easy to shop. You can shop by price, category, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted, and gifts for grandma. Plus, Macy's has top gifts like Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid camera, and Samsung smart TV, the frame. Head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You know, the thing is, the word conversation has never been used so much and misused so much because Mm -hmm. I have never seen a time where you cannot have a conversation. Like, I, I will say something and someone will disagree and it's cursing and, you know, bullying and and I'm okay with it, not because I'm okay with it, but because I watch people on social media then debating about a certain issue, whether it's political or race-related, and I watch them debating, and it becomes this forum where at least I, at least I can see where people are coming from. I won't tolerate if, if people are being, you know, abusive, but I like to see people sort of going back and forth. And I've had people say terrible things to me, but I said, we can, we just need to be able to have a conversation. I can disagree with you Mm -hmm. and that's okay because I will not learn if I keep listening to the voices in my own head, like you talked about late at night, Mm -hmm. but I will learn if I understand why you feel differently than I do, why you voted differently. That's okay. It just has to be a conversation. And on the side, I went with some people over to the side um, in my messages And people really do want to be heard and they can change their perspective. I don't mean that they're going to change their whole point of view. But when you say, you know, if I said that I thought the voting, the numbers, the the gap was too wide, that I didn't think it was going to bridge the gap and people really wanted, you know, they wanted to be called officially and not for me to make any comments prior. And I said to some people, okay, I give you that. I will, I will award you that no matter what I believe and you believe something different that you want the hammer to go down and the ref to call the fight before something is said. And it, it, it was it was good because it was a learning experience for people who had come at me for something that I said that I really was behind. Right. But it was a learning experience for me in that people wanted just to have their moment in court, just to, to no matter what. So I think that this has to be, we have to get into a place where people can have conversations and women are having really negative conversations right now and more polarized than ever. Yeah, I agree. Listen, I think for the most part, I think people have good intentions. I, I, I've always believed that. And even on the darkest days, I believe that most things, even uh, the incident that you referred to, are born from more awkwardness and just kind of misunderstanding than malice. Mm-hmm, I uh, agree. I think that one of the things I've learned from you know now 30 years of reporting and now having this show for two and a half years is we have to also stop trying to change people's minds. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like that casual, let's agree to disagree. I think that's very dismissive. I think right. when you approach a conversation, whether you are aware of it or not, so often we do in, in hopes of changing someone's mind. I remember years ago, I did an interview with um, a Congresswoman who at the time was against same sex marriage. And she went on a tirade and I got a lot of, um, negative comments on Twitter from people saying, why didn't you call her out? And da, 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 da. and I said, but don't you want to know where she stands so that yes. you can make yes. an informed decision about not to vote for her? You know, yes. like we can't beat people down into lying to us. So now we have made them put on a mask and we've put them in this situation where they're, they're masking who they are. And then at some point, 
they reveal them true, their true self. So this is apply, I apply in relationships and business. And when I interview people, whatever mm-hmm. it is, I mean, it's like suddenly you go on a date and you keep telling the guy or woman who they are. Yeah, it goes well for a short period of time. And then suddenly they pull that mask off that they feel you have wanted them to wear and they reveal their suit. There's a, a movie that I love. Um, it's called The Devil's Advocate. Um, it's an Al Pacino movie. It's a very old movie. I think Charlie. I remember it. And I used to compare that when I first moved to New York and I called my mother and I said, oh my gosh, what is it like? And I said, my gosh, I feel like people have all of these masks on. And then suddenly you pull them off and there are these monsters behind these masks. I didn't say that to, you know, look down on people. There were some who deserved to be looked down, I'll be honest with you. But most unsettling. (laughs) It's unsettling. And so when we, again, created the show, I said, you know, it's about taking off the masks. Of course, you're going to wear some layer of a mask to protect yourself, your family. I mean, people said, oh, you kept your your pregnancy and your, your marriage is secret. I said, no, it was no secret. I was protecting my privacy. I, I was starting out in a new relationship with my husband and I wanted our foundation to be strong because I know the minute you come out in a relationship, people are going to do this and say this and say that. So I wanted the foundation of our relationship to be strong mm-hmm. so that I it agree could with withstand that. anything. And so yes. often we're so excited to be in the relationship. You rush out and you tell everybody. So oh, the worst. You know, and then that's the bad, in my opinion, it's a no, bad worst. And so you're for, all in a relationship together you're and you're in a relationship together. with the country and you're not able to build your foundation. So for us, I wanted us to build, you know, especially because we're in a racial marriage, we are interfaith. I'm Christian. He's Jewish. There's so many things. Yes. felt like, were ours to build and it didn't belong to anyone else. It wasn't a secret. I was just protecting our privacy, which is okay for anyone to do. But, you know, for me, as it relates to the masks and and, and talking with people rather than going in with the intention of changing their minds, I think that is something that I work on personally. And I also work on professionally when I go into an interview and I'm talking with someone. We had an interview with Stassi Schroeder, who um, gotten herself into some trouble regarding race and whatnot. Right. And I interviewed her and I, I said, you know, I'm not here to change her mind. I'm here to have a conversation and point out, you know, what happened and why people had the reaction and ask her thoughtful questions. But I'm not here to heal anyone. I, I jokingly say, I am not a Jan LeVanzant. I can't fix my own damn life. So I can't mm-hmm. fix anybody else's, but I can talk with someone. And I do not, I I try my best not to approach with conclusions or approach a conversation where I'm here to change your mind. You're there to explore. Um, so when you were not working for two years for the first time and you left the Today Show, how was your, did you find that your identity was connected to work more than you thought? Did you feel depressed? How did it affect your life? Or were you able to just place a yes it and just live in the truth of what it was? You know or? What? I went through ups and downs. I'll be honest with you. When I was 18 years old, um, a, a friend's mom gave me this book. It's not even in uh, production anymore. It's called A Path of Light. And those chapters stuck with me all those years. I didn't know when it would really impact me, but there was a line that said, you know, who are you if there's no title under your business card? And so since I was 18, I've been carrying this book around. And this has been a part of my mantra, just ever so lightly, not, you know, not all deep thinking, you know, it's just there in the back of my mind. And when I um, left um, the Today Show, 
I remember people calling saying, oh my gosh, what happened? And, and I listened to the tone and there were others who said, you know, what's next? And then I separated folks into two categories, the who died category, because I'm like, nobody died. I can live to fight another day. And those who were inspiring and said, what's next? So for me, you know, I, I woke up the next day. It was surreal in so many ways because it had been a goal of mine and this accomplishment, as you well know, once you get something you've been really striving for and it turns out not to be uh, at all what you'd expected and certainly didn't end the way I expected. I went on about my way and, and it was probably about three months in that I had my first um, wave of uh, worry, not depression. You know, it's more of a, oh my gosh, is it over? Yeah. And angst, is it over for me? You know, I was getting offers, but they were offers that, you know, maybe somebody who's in the business two years, you know, and I thought, are you kidding me? You know, and I didn't say that with bravado as much as again, that, that, what am I value? You know, what have I been doing this whole 28 years that, you know, I'm getting this kind of, you know, offer. And so, I was in Los Angeles and I remember uh, this quote, whether it was accurate or not, that I read about Jennifer Aniston saying um, during this period of of, uh, hardship in her personal life, she said, you know, you throw yourself a pity party and you get up and you move on. And I thought, okay, you know what? Let me throw myself a pity party. And I did in this room. And then I went and I put on a swimsuit and I said, I'm going to go. It was like three o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, my pity party went a long time. And I got up and I said, let me go to the pool. And I walked to the pool alone, which, you know, again, is this so insecure moment. You're like, I'm going, is my life such a loser that I'm walking to the pool by myself in this Hollywood hotel? And I went to the pool and I sat down. There were two other women across and just, you know, I didn't know them. They're on the other side of the pool. And within about five minutes, who is now my husband, Steven walked in to the pool. Stop. And yeah, stop. And he you met your husband at your pity party. I met him right after I'd thrown it and I'd gone into the pool area. Oh my God. In. Oh, after the party. Wow. Yeah, was, that's crazy. Where was this? It's in Los Angeles at the sunset marquee and at the pool uh-huh. after the pity, right after the pity yeah, party, like literally, literally right that's after, crazy. Literally, yeah. And I'd known him just from a that's energy that is so cellular that is so energy it is it is is. and i had known him from a distance he's in the business and you know he just kind of been passing oh hey and he's always like Uh what are the odds but nothing and and i didn't think he was hitting on me and i didn't think one way or the other about it we had mutual friends and but never socialized or never spoken to one another that's so nice what a good i have three things to say one is if anything ever goes wrong in your life, I would be the friend who wouldn't have said what happened. And I wouldn't have said, what are we doing next? I would have said, how are we having this moment now? Like, how are we going to make this moment, just like this moment in the pandemic, how we're tr- I'm trying to make it into a place of yes and meditate and self-care and sleep and nurture the time with my daughter. I would have been your in the moment friend. And the next thing that hit me was that I really believe you, you, you gave yourself the pity party and you not we're not energetically ready to meet someone unless you close that door but you probably wouldn't have had the space to nurture a relationship the way that you had had you still been at the today show like knowing the grind that this business is so it's interesting that might have been a gift that you got the space on every level listen um i probably wouldn't have gotten pregnant because i wouldn't have been trying and the stress and and the time that it takes and i would not and I wouldn't have had a show because I had to lose the show to get a show, you know? So uh, yeah, at the time you're, you're, you know, I, I can say this, the one 
feeling, and I love that you use the word angst because I definitely did that day. Despite everything, I have to be honest, there was never a moment of fear. Like I, I wondered how it was going to work out. I had a little angst of how it was going to work out. But going back to, again, a quote that I have no idea if he actually ever said it. Um, but Will Smith, I read a quote once that something along the lines of, you know, life is a book. And the reason the, the thing that's kept him going is he is curious about the ending and not the literal ending of when we go by, but the ending. And so I've always looked at my life like a, like in that curious book way. It's, it always reminds me of when I was younger and my aunt. Yeah, my aunt gave me the book, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. And I remember that book. And so I've often looked at my life like this this book, and it's the journey. And I'm and and it has not, at least at that moment, been one of fear. Since you are a professional journalist interviewer who's been doing this for more years than I even realized, so I apologize. Do you have any uh advice for me? Do you I mean, do you do what? do you have any tips? Are you kidding me? For you, you're outstanding. I mean, I have to say, and I I'm not and I don't, I'm not a big BS or I think it's because it's the Texas Texan in me. Um, you've asked some of the most thoughtful questions uh, that I've had in a long time. And that's refreshing because it is a reminder to me, even on my own journey, how you talk with people, how you speak with people, your intention in the conversation all matters. And I felt it from the minute we started to talk from, you know, does a man know how to handle a woman like mm-hmm. that? Or all yep. I think it's, it's, it's a reminder of the value of a conversation. And so I appreciate it. And I think you did a fantastic job and congratulations on everything. And I just appreciate you. I appreciate you very much. Well, I appreciate you and the courage to have a baby later in life and go through that process and just really be positive about it. And I'm sure scared and and just what what a journey that is. I mean, I didn't realize until yesterday exactly how busy you are. So to take the time and let the conversation breathe, I really appreciate it so much. And there's so much takeaway and for women to learn. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. I know Tamron Hall. I've met her. I met her in a... In Mexico on vacation. I don't know that much about her. I just know that she's a successful journalist that's on television, that uh, is a career woman, smart. But I really, this show makes me really sort of dive into people's lives personally, professionally, and understand who they are, what makes them tick. And uh, I've never done that in any arena before where I've learned about people in this industry. And Talking to Tamron was so interesting and challenging and thought-provoking and inspirational. And I just feel with every conversation, I'm talking to somebody who has some similarities to me, some differences, uh, and I love it. I just love the fact that we come from different backgrounds. We have different perspectives. We are literally less than two months apart in age. Uh, we have had children later in life and have one child and have been on this path to success, which includes many different factors and elements and juggling and balancing and organizing and structuring and different perspectives on a male-driven business and paid differences. And obviously, she's a black woman in entertainment and I'm a white woman which uh, means that I'm starting with a better hand 
a better hand of cards. So I just, I don't know. I thought the conversation was just really interesting because we come from different perspectives and have different viewpoints and we both ended up meeting in the middle on so many things and having what we are talking about as being the most important thing that needs to happen right now, particularly with women, which is a conversation. And I think that this show just keeps giving me more, more depth in the realm of conversation. So I love it. I loved it. I thought she was really interesting and inspirational and I'm grateful to have had her on today. Just Be is hosted by me, Bethany Frankel. Our managing producer is Fiona Smith and our producer is Stephanie Stender. Sarah Katnack is our assistant producer and our development executive is Nayantara Roy. Just Be is a production of Be Real Productions and Endeavor Content. This episode was mixed by Sam Baer. To catch more moments from the show, follow us on Instagram at Just Be With Bethany. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourists and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourists now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.